Preach the Word. If you've got your Bible, good morning, Carolyn. If you've got your Bible, you can open up to 1 John chapter 2. And if you don't have a Bible, there's some in the pew there for you. And if you don't own a Bible, that is our gift to you today. Because we couldn't think of a better gift to give to people than God's Word. So if you have not been reading your Bible in a long time, you can't find it anymore. You know your grandmother gave it to you, and it's got to be around somewhere. But you just haven't opened up your Bible in maybe weeks or months or years, that's our gift to you. We'd like for you to take that home and and begin to read God's Word regularly. I am really, really thankful to Paul Wetzel for preaching last week. Didn't he do a great job, guys? Wasn't that awesome? Man. So thank you, Paul. I just... I want to refer to something he said because I just want to build on it a little bit a little bit later on in our in our sermon today. But I'm really thankful for you sharing your heart and sharing about God's love. And uh, so we're we're thankful. We have a lot of gifted teachers and preachers in our church family, and I'm really thankful for every single every single one of them. Um, I was. I'm also thankful to our leaders here and to you as a church family for giving me that time away from the office and uh, whatever you call it, some people call it a sabbatical, some people call it a sermon seminar, but it was a, a week of solid work from er, you know, early in the morning, I'm, some of you, probably not early for some of you, from about eight in the morning till about anywhere from six to eight at night, Robert and I just worked hard for about four or five days and um, man, God just gave, I felt like led me in some great ways for the future uh, lessons that we're going to do here at Gateway. And I'll be presenting those to our elders and they'll be tweaking those and they'll be working with me on those. And then we'll listen to what God is telling us to do and where to go in the future. And so, so that was an important time last week. And I thank you guys for letting me have that. I want to be sure and pray for Wyatt today. Let's not forget Wyatt is in Mexico with some other men, uh, some of our church family down there building a house. And uh, pray for uh, Amy, and I'll just, I'll just say without saying the name, because I don't know how private this person wanted to be, but Amy took a lady to the hospital this morning. So that's where she's at. So pray for Amy and one of our Christian sisters who's at the hospital. And it's just, you know, it's a time right now of a lot of needs, isn't it? Just think for a minute, look at the back of our bulletin, think about the people who are sick, think about the people who are fighting diseases, think about the the people who have recently died, the people who are in a late season in their life, Uh, a lot of relational struggles going on uh, among lots of people, and uh, of course we keep praying for Alex, we love Alex, and uh, praying for him, he's in jail right now, so on and on and on, there's... There's people who have needs, and I think partly I'm saying that to bring awareness that let's not forget, we have a lot of people that have needs. And I want, I want you to hear this too. If, if you end up in a place where you're in a need, we want to know that here at church. We want to know that here in our eldership and in, in the staff and the leadership. And I just want you to hear we're doing the best we can to respond. There's just a lot. And so um, we, if, if we don't get right to your need, know that we're praying for you and we love you. And uh, we're doing the best we can. So I'm going to say two words to you this morning that we've been saying for several weeks now. And I'm going to say them first, the two words, and then you're going to get the chance to repeat them back to me. Are you guys ready for that? So I'll say it, and then you say it. Are you ready? Here we go. Grace and peace. peace. 
Awesome. Grace and peace. And we need that. The book of 1 John, we said in chapter, chapter 5, he says, I write these things so that you might know. Not so, I kind of think maybe, well, probably, maybe, I might have been good enough. I think I went to church enough times. Nope, erase all that. He says, I write these things to you so that you may know that you have eternal life. Only way we're going to have eternal life is through grace. No other way. Jesus said, no one's good. No one can work it. No one can do enough. No one can be it. You only get it through God's grace. And when we know that we have eternal life, what peace comes that releases us just to live this great life that God has given us to enjoy his gifts and to serve people around us and love people, grace and peace. So we're going to be saying it all through this series, and maybe we'll keep on saying it after that because it's good to say and it's good to hear grace and peace. The series that we're doing is called In Process. In Process. Because this work of knowing is a process. It's not a place of arrival. It's not something that we just that happens. The Bible doesn't overemphasize like some, maybe sometimes we do just one-time events, but the Bible emphasizes a ongoing process, and certainly 1 John is giving us, showing us marks, proofs. See these things in your life? See these processes right here in your life? You know what you know when you see these processes? You know you have the gift of eternal life. So maybe to help us start today and think about our text in 1 John, I'll show you a picture of a couple of guys. See if you recognize these guys. Here's one of them. I recognize this guy. I see him in the mirror. You know, anytime I decide it's time for me to start working out again, that's about what I see right there. And then there's another guy, and he looks like this right here, and I've never seen this guy in the mirror. He, I don't know. He just doesn't live in my house. I don't know what the deal is. But the amazing thing, the reason I show you these two pictures is this. Both of these guys got to the place that they are by doing the exact same thing. They both did exactly the same thing. They both remained. One remained on the couch, and one remained at the gym. One remained at the, at the uh, refrigerator, in the donut aisle of the refrigerator, while the other one remained in the fruit and vegetable aisle of the refrigerator. One remained static, and the other one remained in motion. By remaining, our life changes. And it becomes evident who we are by the places we remain. And that's what I want us to think about today. John, in our text today, is going to encourage us to remain in the right places. And so I hope, I hope we can take from that today, leave here today and not be the same as we were before we got here. That we would realize if we're remaining in places we shouldn't and that we would begin to remain in places that we should. So, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to read our text in 1 John. Before I pray, I'm going to tell you one of the things I'm going to pray about. 
because I don't like to give announcements out while I pray. I feel like that's like, God, let me tell you about something that's going on. Okay, God knows everything that's going on. Right? He doesn't need me, to, need me to give him an announcement. So I'm giving you guys an announcement, and then I'm going to talk to God about it. And here's, here's the announcement of something going on in our village. I just found this out a couple of days ago, and it's a, a family that I love very much and a lot of you know and love, and that is um, Phil Apple and his wife Laurel, Phil and Laurel, uh, have put out a, an email this week to their church and also to a lot of other ministers in town, pastors in town, that they are resigning from being the pastor at Foot of the Cross Ministries this Sunday. And so I don't know all the details of that, but I know that this is a, a family that I love, that we love, we've spent time with. He, we've, he's helped us teach on Wednesday night, and we've done Mountain Family Fellowship together, and he's, he's a friend and a brother, and and, and then also a group of Christians that I love who go to foot of the cross. And there's, I don't know what's going on there. I don't, I don't want to try to conjecture, but I want to pray for them. Is that cool with you guys? All right, let's pray for them and we'll uh, read our text. God, thanks for today. Thanks for this time to be together. Oh, it's great, God. It's great to be here with my family, my Christian family. I just so thankful for these kids and they're jumping up and down and they're being still and their smiles and their awkwardness and their innocence and all the things, God, that just that I want to have more trust in you, more willingness to run up on stage, run wherever you say, do whatever you say. Thanks for those kids, God. They're such an important part of our kingdom of God here of the church. We're grateful for them. And I'm thankful for these songs and our worship team who led us today, God. Just thanks for reminding us that you're the cornerstone and that weak is made strong in, in your great love, God. Thank you. Thanks for just the good friends that we get to come and, and share life with a little bit here and pray that that might extend into our week this week, that it might not stop inside these walls. Teach us today, God. We need your spirit, your anointing. Give me the gift of preaching today, Lord. I pray that it that that would happen, and uh, in spite of my weaknesses, we pray that you would do great work in all of our hearts. God, we do want to pray for Phil and Laurel and for the Foot of the Cross Ministries, and we pray, God, for your will to be done there. It's so hard to know sometimes, God. I, I, just, I just don't know. I don't know when things like this happen, no matter who the person is. I don't know whether you're leading and, and great things are about to happen or whether the devil has somehow discouraged, and so I pray it's more of the first and not the second, and we, we pray, God, that your kingdom would grow in our village today. We love you so much. We're grateful, Jesus, that you have, that you have uh, given us a bond of grace and peace with each other. We pray all this through your awesome name, Jesus Christ, and everyone said, amen. So our text today from 1 John, you can either look up here on the screen or in your Bibles if you've got them, 1 John chapter 2, and we'll start in verse 18. Dear children, this is the last hour, and as you've heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it's the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us, but their going showed that none of them belonged to us. 
But you have an anointing from the Holy One. And all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? It's the man who denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a man is the Antichrist. He denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. See that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what He promised us, even eternal life. I'm writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you receive from Him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as His anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in Him. Well, there's a lot of stuff in there about remaining in just a few verses. John wants the people that he's writing to, and he's not writing to any specific location. He's writing to Christians. And he says, you followers, you believers, those of you who are trying to keep your eyes on Jesus, there are dangers out there. He says, I, don't, I want you to know about it. I want you to know there are dangers for those who are trying to follow Christ. And he gives us three in this text today. And so we're going to look at those to start with. In, in verses 18 through 22, he tells us there are, one of the dangers is those who are openly against Christ. Those who are openly anti-Christ. And we run into people like this throughout our lives, sometimes throughout our week, perhaps. I remember several years ago, maybe over a decade ago, that I was, I was trying to remember when it was. I think it might have been a Halloween gathering, a Halloween party. And there was a get-together at someone's house that was a friend of ours. And then it was a very eclectic group of people from all different places in this village. Not just all from like, you know, all that work together or all that uh, have the same age kids. It was just this interesting mix of all different people. And so we went to this party and we were enjoying you know, hanging out with our friends. And then I, I met this guy that I'd never met before. And he and I just kind of hit it off because he was really into riding bicycles. Well, I like to ride bicycles too. And so we got to talking about the places here in the village that we've gone on trails that we've ridden on. We got to talking about new bicycle technology. And he found out that I work on bikes. So he was asking me a question about something on his bike that he was trying to fix. And so we're just kind of having fun, telling stories, talking about crashes, talking about people in town that we both knew, that we've ridden with, and we're just kind of becoming friends like you do with people. And then he brought up something about his work, and I asked him some questions about it, and what he did was really interesting, so I kept asking him a bunch of questions, and he told me all about it. And then, of course, politely, he asked me, he said, so what about you? He said, so, so what do you do? And I said, oh, I work at a church here in town. I'm a minister. And this guy instantaneously went from... Like, hey, you know, like a new friend to. And he wasn't even smooth or cool about it. Like, I, I, I need to find my, my wife. Uh, yeah, man, good. Uh, see you. Uh, nothing like that. I said, yeah, I'm a minister here in town. And he literally, he just looked at me. 
And he walked off. And he didn't speak to me again. And I don't know what all's behind that. I don't know what all kind of hurt. I don't know what all kind of pain. I don't know what all kind of things have happened in his life. But he was certainly anti-Christian. I remember this lady uh, that we, we met this couple because our kids have been involved in all kinds of activities. And so one of the activities we were at, this lady and I were visiting and, and we were watching the event that our kids were doing. And, and so at some point, uh, she said something that just seemed like to me an opportunity. And I said, well, I said, you, you, guys, you guys go to church somewhere, don't you? You guys have a church home or something? And she said, well, we have in the past when we lived in bigger cities. But, but here in, in Rodosa, we haven't found a place really to go. And I said, well, we'd love for you to visit at Gateway. You know, we'd love for you to come and visit and uh, see about making that your church home. And she said, well, yeah, we never have visited there, but we really, we really are more, we think most of the churches here in town probably are pretty orthodox, I guess I would say. And we're really a lot more open-minded than that. I mean, we, we see that there are many, many, many paths uh, that people can walk on, and we, we kind of would like to find a, a church like that but um, we haven't really found one in Rudoso. And, and I said, well, uh, at Gateway, we have a lot of diversity, but we believe and teach at Gateway that Jesus Christ is the way and the truth and the life, and we believe that he's the way to the Father. And she said, yeah, that's what I figured. I figured that's what you guys believe. That's why we're not coming there. She's a really nice lady. She's, I mean, she's a good person. She's not a horrible, bad, terrible, drug-dealing, liquor store-robbing, you know, Dallas Cowboy fan. I couldn't resist. I couldn't help myself. Oh, wasn't even in my notes or anything. I can't believe I said that. I just, it's, it's a struggle. I can't stop. I got to go to, I got to go to like some kind of support group to help me. Oh, Okay. <laughs> She was a good person, but here's the deal. She's anti-Christ. She would say, well, I'm just anti what you said about Christ. But see, I didn't say it. Jesus said it. He said that I'm, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is so inclusive. The most inclusive of all beginners of any religion in the world. He says, I, I give my life for all for the world. That's as inclusive as you can get. And he is exclusive. And he says, no one gets to the Father except through me. That's the only way. And that lady, not being evil or mean or horrible or bad, just, just because of where she's at in her life and what she believes and what she's adopted, she is anti-Christ. And, and the world and our culture is, is calling Christians, I don't know if you guys keep up with this in, you know, in the media and stuff, but, but we're a, lot, a lot of people are calling us a nickname these days called haters. That's what you guys are, you're haters. And it's amazing that the people who are saying that seem to hate us. There are those who are openly against Christ. And it's dangerous. It can influence us. It can be a struggle in our lives. 
And secondly, he says, there are those who are secretly against Christ. In verse 19, he said three times they, they left, they didn't belong. Another version of, of uh, another, one of the versions of the Bible that's also a good um, translation says, they were never truly part of us. They were never truly part of us. They're attending, they're here, they're in the assembly, but they're never truly part of us. It makes me think about watching people you know, and, and it's not just young people, but it seems like it happens a lot with young people that they're trying to figure out who they are. And I, and I grew up in Oklahoma, so I saw this pretty often. People who, young people who would be, you know, thinking like, oh, those cowboys, the cowboys, I mean, I'm talking about like cowboys. I got, I got my other thing that I said earlier mixed up there for a second. So not a football team, but just ranchers and cowboys and, and people that work on horses and cows. You guys know the kind of thing I'm talking about. You guys have you guys been to Oklahoma, haven't you? Yeah, okay. So uh, they would say, oh, yeah, those cowboys, they're pretty cool people. I want to be one of them. And so they'd get, buy some boots and get some Wranglers and get them a pearl snap you know, and a hat and get a big truck and they start putting this stuff in here and spitting at the right time and talking this way. And, and, they, and, and so I see these people kind of do this and they join in this crowd, but you could tell. They're not really part of them. Because that's something that's from the inside. I mean, being a cowboy, being a ranch hand, being a person around horses, being a person who's, you know, a cowboy is, is, is internal and then, and then stuff comes out on the outside. But then people try to dress up and look that way, but they're not, they don't really belong. It's not, they don't, it's, not, it's not that those cowboys would say, hey, you don't belong with us. I mean, those cowboys are probably nice. They'd probably be like, yeah, come on, you can be a part of us. But it's like not coming from the inside. They're never really part of us. It could be the same in the, in the church, can it? Just because we dress up and show up doesn't mean we're really part. It's just the outward stuff. It's all about the inward stuff. It's all about what's on the inside of our heart. It's all about what Christ has done inside of us. And so Jesus tells that parable about the plants. You know, and they say, hey, there's some wheat that grew up over here. And in the middle of it, there's some weeds. And they look the same at the beginning, but they're starting to look different. What should we do? Should we rip the weeds up? You know, is that what we should do? Jesus said, just leave them. Just leave them in there. They look a lot the same. And we don't want to pull up the wrong people. We don't want to, you know, just, just leave them alone. The master will sort it out. And that's, that's a lot of times what we kind of have to do sometimes in church. Is, is We're not the judge. We don't get to decide who's wheat and who, who's weeds. Just, just let people grow. The master will sort it out. But it can be dangerous if, if we're influenced by people who who are really against Christ. I mean, they, they like the outward stuff, but on the inside, when it really boils down to it, they, they're, they're really against Christ. Because Christ is all about dying to yourself. Christ is all about giving your life away. Christ is all about loving other people and serving them, not taking care of you and your own. And so it can be dangerous. And then lastly, he says this. He says, those who are trying to lead you astray. That's another, another danger in verse 26. He says, I, I want to warn you about those people trying to lead you astray. Why would anybody try to lead someone astray? Why would anybody do that? Well, I think there's several reasons. One is people might do it for their own benefit. 
I mean, sometimes if there's someone that, if you're, if you're not a follower of Christ and there's a follower of Christ, it might really benefit me if I could get them to shut up or I could get them to change their ways or I could get them to come with me and let's go do this together. Sometimes it might just be accidentally. People that don't really care. But, but they lead us astray because we're influenced by them. We're rubbing our shoulders with them and we're spending time with them and we're living life with them. And all of a sudden we're starting to adopt these ideas. But mainly, no matter what the reason why a person might do it, the main reason it happens is because there's a war going on, folks. There's a spiritual battle going on for souls, for the gift of eternal life, or what the Bible calls the second death. There's a spiritual battle that is happening. And one of the ways we make it through this danger is to remember I know I have the gift of eternal life. I know that. God promised it, and he can be trusted. And so John is writing this letter to us so that we'll know that. And he gives us three ways that we're going to finish with today. So three ways that we can know that we have this promised gift. Three places to remain. This is what I really want to encourage you to take away today. Remain in these three places from this text. First of all, he says remain in the body of Christ. And this is what I just love so much. I mean, I thought Paul's lesson was great. The whole thing, he had a lot of great, just shared his heart, you know, and, and Paul's a heart kind of guy, you know, and so I just appreciate all that. But right at the end, he just was so confessional. And he said, when I first came here to Gateway, for two years, I did not want to come to church. And my wife made me come. And every time I showed up, you guys loved me. That is so important that we realize people who walk in these doors, people who come in our lives, people who know that we're followers of Jesus need us to love them. I think you guys do a great job of this. I think we can all grow in it. And I think we make mistakes sometimes. But overall, com compared to other churches I've been around, I think you guys at Gateway do a great job of loving people. And this week, this weekend actually, and I'm saying this because I want to remind us all how important this is. There's a family I've been working with, been inviting them to come to church, and they've come two or three times. And this weekend I got a text. And I hate texts sometimes because I got nothing to get, like no face-to-face -face back, nothing, no conversation, just a text. Someone at your church has hurt our family very, very bad, and we will never come back to your church again. So I'm, I try to call, trying to text back, I'm sorry, I'd love to visit with you, please, please call me, call you know, half a dozen times this weekend, no answer. And I don't say that to make us feel horrible today. I'm trying to be realistic. And I'm trying to say, I, don't, I, don't have, no, I have no idea what happened. I have no idea if that was a misunderstanding and that person that sent me the text misunderstood or, or maybe they just have a, a, you know, there's a maturity problem there or something. It could, be all, it could be all that way. But it could also be that somebody in our church family 
probably didn't mean to. They maybe were having a bad day, but they didn't realize how important it is to love people. When I don't feel like loving people, I don't want to love somebody right now. This is my day. This is my day off. I want to do what I want to do. I'm sick of da-da-da-da-da. And it is so important in those moments to beg God for the Holy Spirit so that we can love people around us. Because that's usually the reason people don't remain in the body, right or wrong. And all of us feel, all of us at times in our life feel like Paul. I don't want to go to church. You guys have all heard this little story before about the mom. She's trying to get her son to go to church. You know, she's like, son, get up. You know, it's time. You're going to be late. You've got to go to church. And he says, I don't want to go to church. Why are we going to church? We always go to church. Just give me one good reason why we should go to church. She said, I'll give you two good reasons. He said, okay, what are they? She said, well, the first one is you're 45 years old. And the second one is you're the preacher. You got to go to church. But everybody, this preacher and these elders and our ministry leaders, deacons and deaconesses at our church, and you guys, all of us, we all at times think, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to be around the body. We're all tempted. That's just a part of life. And that's why Paul says, remain. Remain there. Don't leave. Remain with the body when you're tempted to leave. And, and I want to make sure you understand when I say remain, and when Paul's saying remain in the body of Christ, it's not all just attending church. Not, that's not the only place where we're with the body of Christ, right? That's a good thing to be with the body of Christ right here. And if you're, if you're not here for a while and you're a member at our church, you know, we're not the church police. We're not coming with little tickets and saying, you know, where you been, Kayla? You know, that's, you know we, you're, you're in big trouble. But if we don't see Kayla for several weeks, we're probably going to call and say, Kayla, you okay? Is everything all right? You guys doing okay? Because we care about Kayla. And this is a good place to kind of check and make sure. Is it, how's, how are you doing? But there's a lot of other ways to stay and remain in the body of Christ. These cards that are in your pew... Everybody pick up a card that's in your pew. Everybody pick one up. You just pick them up and hold them up real quick. Everybody hold them up. All right? All those right there. Look around. See those? Let me tell you, those are there for you to do something with. Those are not there for your neighbor to do something with. Those are there for you to do something with. They're there for you to say, I'm going to call a friend and go for a walk around the links, and we're just going to take this with us and just have a conversation. Those are there for you to say, I'm going to get together with some other families, and, and, and we're going to visit about these, and we'll have some dessert, and we'll spend some time and hang out and laugh and have a good time. I know there's at least a couple of groups in our church that are doing this right now, and it's for the rest of you who are not doing it. That's why those cards are there, so that you can be connected to the body of Christ, to remain in the body of Christ. There's lots of other ways. There's ladies' Bible class and there's ladies' prayer groups and men's studies and the teens that go on trips and retreats and, and getting ready to go to encounter and uh, over at Lubbock Christian University. And, and, and it's not even always study and prayer that we get together for. That's not the only way to remain in the body of Christ. It's going to Mexico with Wyatt. There's not a lot of prayer and study that goes on down there, but there's a lot of swinging hammers and and Freddie making fun of me because I don't know what I'm doing. There's a lot of stuff like that that goes on. But it's part of remaining in the body. It might be you inviting some friends over to say, hey, let's, let's watch the baseball game tonight. It might be just simply 
the families that I saw last night who came to our door. Three families in our church that all have kids the same age, and they all came to our door to trick-or-treat. All their kids, you know, dressed up in little costumes, and they all came up to the door, and they're all going through the neighborhood together. Three families, they're remaining together. They're sharing their life together. They're staying in the body of Christ together. And then he says, remain in truth. Remain in truth. Verse 24. He says, what you've heard from the beginning, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, God's word, the things you've heard from the beginning, stay right there. Remain with those. And there is this thing in Christendom, this sort of this insatiable desire for something new. I've heard people say things like, I'm so sick of hearing all this old stuff. I want to hear something new. And I will say this, teachers and preachers and presenters need to find ways to engage people so we're not listening to the exact same words week after week and it's just boring, okay? We need to, that, that's important. But we never need to get tired of hearing the same truths, although they may be presented in a way that we can hear today that, that's different than it was 10 years ago. But we don't need to get tired of the truth. I can remember somebody literally saying to me, and one of my good friends, he doesn't go to church here, but I can remember him saying to me about the church he was going to, I am so sick of hearing the book of Romans. Verse by verse. I'm so sick of it. And I was like, well, dude, <laughs> that's the Bible. You know, get over it. It's the truth. Don't get sick of it. Figure out a way and ask God to keep your heart Soft so you can remain. I'm always wary of people who have said, I found a brand new truth. I found something that no one has ever known before. If somebody finds something that 2,000 years of followers of Jesus couldn't find, I'm, I'm, I'm really careful with those people. It remi- I mean, you think about these two guys at the beginning, the two pictures of, of the, both guys that remained. And, and you know, for, for the guy that's out of shape, there's always some shortcut, isn't there? Do you remember back in like the 70s where they had the thing you could hook up, like you hooked it around your waist and then you did like connected it to something and you turned it on and it shook you? Remember that? And they said, if you just get, you know, you get shaken, shooken, shaked, you know, up with this thing, then you'll, you'll lose weight. You know, you'll get in shape. Your muscles will get in, in, in uh, shape. You know, it's like, that's just, that's bull. That's, that doesn't work. And there's a new pill. And if you take this pill, you'll get in great shape. That that stuff doesn't work. You know what works? Discipline works. Healthy living works. And it's the same thing with the body of Christ. So I've got a new, exciting secret for you today. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. If you haven't read it in a while, pick it up this week. And start reading it because it gets your life in shape. God uses it to remind you of his truth and to remind you that he's given you the gift of eternal life. The last thing is this. Here's the last one. Three places to remain. Remain in the body of Christ. Remain in the truth. And then what I'm going to call remain in the process. But in verse 27, what he says is he says, remain in the anointing. The anointing you received. The word anointing right there in the Greek word is the same word that's used other places in the Bible for the word Holy Spirit. You've received the Holy Spirit. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, Paul says, 
I'm confident of this, that he who began a good work in you, that's God, is going to carry it on to completion. You are in process. Stay in process. God's faithful to complete his work. You stay in it with him so that he can keep working on you. You make yourself available daily or regularly. Trust what you have received. There's a group in the first century called the Gnostics, and that's what most people think that John was responding to in his book. Gnostic, just the word gnosis in the Greek means knowledge. And that this was a group of people who said, oh yeah, oh that's good, oh good, yeah, you're a Christian, oh good, yeah, Jesus died on the cross, oh yeah, awesome, that's great, you bet. And oh yeah, we, we trust Jesus, yes, that's right. And, and, we have this secret knowledge, we have the code. And if you can twist this stuff just right, and if you can go up in your level of knowledge and you can know enough, then you'll really have eternal life. And John says, uh-uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. You have eternal life from the beginning, not when you grow to a certain level of knowledge or you get the crack the Bible code or something like that. You don't have to do all that stuff. From the beginning, you have the anointing. You have eternal life. You, have, you are in process by the work of the Holy Spirit. And he says, this anointing you've received, you need to trust it because it's real. It is not counterfeit. It is real. And so then Paul writes in Ephesians, listen to these texts about receiving the Holy Spirit. From the beginning, listen to this. You also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, the death, burial, and resurrection. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who's a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Do you hear that? That there's, you're marked at the beginning with the Holy Spirit. And he guarantees you can know you have eternal life. Look what, look what Peter says over in Acts. They said, what, what, what should we do? We killed Jesus. What should we do? He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. For the forgiveness of your sins. And listen to this language. You'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promises for you and your children, for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call This language is talking about, remember at the beginning, the anointing you received at the beginning when you started with Christ. You remember that? That is the process you're in. That's what reminds us. That's what assures us. The Holy Spirit assures us you have the gift of eternal life. If you ever doubt, if you ever have these doubts that creep in that you have eternal life, you should go back to the beginning of your relationship with God. And remember, when you believed and you were marked with the seal of the Holy Spirit. Remember, when you were baptized and you received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Remember those things when you started. Just read what the Bible says and just remember what God says about what he did with the Holy Spirit. At the beginning. If I ever doubted that I was married to Amy, 
Like if for some reason we were like separated by time and space and I, and, or, or maybe I began to grow older and I couldn't, you know, I'm like, I'm getting confused or something, you know, and uh, for whatever reason, if I began to doubt I'm, I'm, I'm married to Amy, I could look back to the days when we met. I could remember the beginning. I could remember when we were first getting to know each other, when we were first falling in love. I could remember the conversations we had about getting married hypothetically. Right? Not, not us getting married to each other, but hypothetically, if I ever got married, I would want to have a house like this. Well, hypothetically, if I ever got married, I wouldn't want to have a husband who helped clean a house like this. You know, whatever. <laughs> hypothetically. And then it stepped across from hypothetical, it stepped over into us and our relationship and talking about us getting married and about what our relationship and our home is going to be like and our future And I can look back at the pictures of the ceremony when we exchanged vows publicly. Look at that. Look at those youngsters. Look at that. I mean, that that is some big hair right there. And Amy had big hair too, I'll tell you. I can look back at our wedding album and I can go, yeah. I remember the beginning. We're married. I'm positive of it. I am sure because of those memories from the beginning. But if all I had was some pictures in a picture book and some memories of our first times when we were getting to know each other, that wouldn't be much of a marriage, would it? See, we have an ongoing process. We have an ongoing relationship with each other. And it's the same with you and the Holy Spirit. The anointing that you received is real. And the process that you are in is real. It is not counterfeit. And we can know this because we experience the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives daily or regularly. Look at what these scriptures tell us about experiencing. I want you to think about your own life. Have you experienced the Holy Spirit? Look at this. And and this is an assignment. If you're tired of reading 1 John... If you've been reading 1 John each week, as we've talked about doing, and you're tired of it, then go home this week and read John 14, the book of John, the gospel of John 14, 15, and 16. And this is what you'll find. The Holy Spirit is your counselor. The Holy Spirit is your guide. The Holy Spirit is your teacher. The Holy Spirit convicts of sin. And you've experienced that, haven't you? You've experienced times when you did, you just, you were so broken in half And you know the Holy Spirit was there counseling. Comforting is what some versions say. You've experienced that when the Holy Spirit told you, take this step. And you either did or you didn't, but you know know the Holy Spirit was telling me to take that step. You've experienced when you're reading the Bible or when something, circumstance has happened in your life and you're like, oh, that is exactly what God's trying to teach me right there for my life today. This is what I needed to know. You've been convicted of your sin, haven't you? You've experienced the work of the Holy Spirit. And then you have had the fruit of the Holy Spirit growing in your life. In Galatians 5, you have had these things growing. Love and joy and peace. Patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness. Self-control. You have had these things growing in your life. And Paul is saying the anointing is real, the process is real, and because it's real and it's happening in your life, then you can know you have eternal life. Because listen, folks, there's a whole bunch of people on this planet called Earth 
that are not ever experiencing these things with the Holy Spirit. They're not. They're not growing closer to Christ or helping others grow closer to Christ. There's people all over the planet who that's not what's happening in their life because they're not followers of Christ. I wanted to make, I I guess I'm saying that because I wanted to make sure to, to be clear. These lessons are not meant to tell us This book is not meant to tell us, and I'm not trying to say to us, that everyone in the world has eternal life. That when we get to heaven, everybody will be there. No, they won't. Not if Jesus was telling the truth. Everybody won't be in heaven. That's not the point of this book, to tell us that everybody is going to heaven. The point of the book is to point to proofs, to point to process, to point to things in your life, and you go, that is happening in my life. And John says... That's right. And you know what? Because that's happening in your life, you know you have the gift of eternal life. You know it. It's a proof. Now today, it could be convicting if you would say, well, I, I don't have any of these experiences with the Holy Spirit. I mean, I, I'm guiding myself. I do whatever I want to do. And I get my counseling from Oprah. Or, or from, you know, from the newspaper in, in the... You know, in those, what are those little things with the, the horoscopes, you know? That's, that's where I get my counseling. Or, or I'm, I'm not convicted of sin. I, I do what I want and I don't care. And I don't have any of these fruits of the Spirit showing up. I mean, I got a few things in my personality. I'm sort of kind sometimes. But the rest of that stuff isn't growing in me at all. And if you would say, well, I, as I think back on my past... I never have believed. I never have trusted this gospel you're talking about to save me. I've never, I've never acknowledged Jesus as, as my Lord and Savior, as the Son of God, as who He says He is. I've never been baptized. Don't wait another day. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? What do you think there's going to be a day that it's going to be the day that you start growing in the, the Spirit? It's going to be a day that just magically you're going to believe that just magically it's going to... Today, you're here today. You're hearing the Word. You're hearing God's Word. If these things are not true of you, they can be true of you because God's message is inclusive to all. And He hung on the cross for you and He died and He was buried and He was raised and He says, Come. Come. And that's the, great, the greatest news some of you need to hear today. And this is how I just, I just want to finish by telling you this. God wants you to remain with him. He wants you to. God's not trying to catch you in doing something wrong and, and punish you. God's not trying to test you and fail you in the course. God's not standing at the door blocking it and peeking out and saying, have you, have you, got, have you got there yet? Have you, are you there yet? I mean, have you straightened up? Oh, you sure haven't. He's not, he's not doing that. God says, I want to be with you. Remain with me. What great news. Just the way you are today. God wants to be with you. And he wants you to remain with him. And I believe there may be somebody today, he's gently reminding you, gently reminding you by the power of his spirit today. And that God might say, look, I know there's other voices and I know there's other temptations and I know there's people and things that are trying to draw you away from me. 
But God would say, I want you to do something for me today. To you, each of you personally, that he would say, I want you to do something for me today. Not to prove anything to me. Just because I love you, I want you to remain with me. Remain with me. Be with me. Be with me. That's what God says to you today. So if there's somebody today that that you need to respond, the Holy Spirit's been tugging, he's tugging at your heart. The Bible says, don't resist that. Don't resist that. When he tugs, you just respond. So whether that be that you need prayer, whether that need mean that you maybe you're ready to be baptized today. You've never been baptized. You say, today's the day. I wasn't going to do it, but I'm going to do it today. Then, then that's great. We're going to have a time. We're going to sing a song. Maybe it's, it may be something else, something I'm not even saying. That's okay, too. Whatever it is that the Holy Spirit's telling you to do right now, we're going to sing a song, give you some space to abide, to remain with Him. Let's stand and sing. You